0: This is um, question and answer session number two, not to be confused with question and answer session number three, which comes tomorrow. So these are, um, we'll be discussing some questions, continuing from... Um, some nice questions left from even before we got here and then some additional questions since we got here. And I was thinking we could cover um, the questions that just came in first. Be fresh on your mind kind of questions. I just have to get the file to open. There we go. Since Newton Prabhu, you just spoke, I think I'll ask for Rabindra Saru. This is a... Uh, well, it was touched on during your discussion, but uh, the question specifically is irrespective of the history of how we got to where we are today, what should be our our ISKCON's relationship with Amat? you want the next question? Or
1: you want to answer that? Well, oh, if no. you want to talk, if somebody's interested. Um, one thing is, there is no Godiamat. And we always say that. But the Gaudiya broke up, it split and split. So, what, what you actually have now, technically, are fragments of the Gaudiya Mutt. Um, and so, all these different fragments um, and um, I guess part of part of our, our history has been that that um, uh, Prabhupada was not very welcomed by most of his godbrothers uh when he did what was supposed to have been done was go to the west and um, and uh when we went on early Perikramas, um, it was very difficult sometimes because Well, this is what happened. One time I was walking along the main road there, and my first time I went to Mayapur, and there are these temples with deities. and I went into one and offered obeisances, and there was a, a Bengali sannyasi there talking to other people in Bengali, and he beckoned me over and had me sit down, and he's giving a speech, and I'm assuming he's glorifying Srila Prabhupada. Then we are told the next day not to do that. What I did, because what they are saying is, this is my Western disciple. <laughs> so so this, these are the kinds of things that were that, that were going on all the time, and uh, and uh, Prabhupada was being criticized and, and not helped and uh, uh, stopped in, in so many ways. Still, uh, one wants to avoid Vaishnava aparad. Uh, so the best thing is try to appreciate their good qualities from a, a safe distance. Um, that's the best thing that, that I, I can I can see to do. I mean, another generation has gone by, and maybe as time as time goes on, things are probably getting a little better. Uh, but some of the people, I mean, have said really nasty things about Prabhupada in writing, actually. And that's that's a, 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 a little hard to take. But we also still try to work together. Prabhupada has said pretty rough things about them in writing. But then on the other hand, he, he sometimes has been... He said, oh my God, brothers are going back to Godhead. They are each preaching in their own way, uh, and, and so on, like that. Um, uh, and uh, so th- that's the more g- generous attitude that that one should take. But one sometimes has to be just cautious in 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 in, in their their dealings uh, with them. Uh, Be careful not to to become either involved in some scheme. Uh, And what's going to happen is um, now that we have scholars who are investigating history, a lot of the stuff that people don't talk about will come out. There's a court case between the Chaitanya mission, uh, the, the Gaudiya mission, and the Chaitanya Mat in my A big court case. Uh, and uh, uh, we have the records. They've been discovered. Uh, it's the historical record of what happened. It doesn't reflect very well on people. And this stuff will all start to come out, too. And, uh, so, I, I th- but, I, but I, I, I think that... Uh, that uh, that we should uh, um, keep in mind that Prabhupada's idea was that people could work together, uh, uh, and uh, and we 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 should carefully uh, strive toward that end.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> 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 While Ravindra Surupram was speaking about the being a follower, true follower of Bhakti Siddhanta, Math means Bhakti Siddhanta's mission and um, as you just briefly heard, that that, that mission became fractured and um, while other while we respect that others may also be taking the, the teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and presenting the teaching of Mahaprabhu in their own way, uh, this most important element of being a, um, a, a, a disciple in the true sense or a follower in the true sense is something that um, gives pause in, in terms of, specifically in terms of getting close respecting from a distance is um, appropriate given the things that have not been done and have been done, and things that have been said, and so forth. And it, it, um, while there are exceptions, or historically we have made the effort to work together, it, without exception, uh, well, there may be one exception, but almost without exception. That which the, the, the olive branch to let's work together has ended up in uh, a most unpleasant experience. But again, insulting remarks and, you know, Vaishnava aparad and, and things that make it not so suitable to work closely together with someone. So, history, I mean, the question says history aside, but history has shown... Respecting from a distance is, by and large, the, the, the uh, best path and um, any experiments in the exception rather than the rule category should be very carefully <laughs> <laughs> proceeded with. That's a little editing of what Minister proposed said so
1: let me just say one uh, one thing even even prabhupada made overtures to his godbrother to whom he himself uh, was personally indebted to uh, and uh, there was a plan uh, uh, to Uh, it's it's a little bit of a long story so I won't tell the whole story but uh, he was supposed to we went to his mutt and then he was supposed to come back with us and he didn't and uh, Prabhupada sat us down I was in the room uh, found out the whole story of what happened when we visited his temple and what was said and Prabhupada said with great regret this means he too is envious uh, he said, and then he told us um, that uh, one of his disciples gave a talk, glorifying Prabhupada, how he uh, made, uh, made uh, uh, devotees out of uh, drug-addicted hippies, and Prabhupada said, actually he was criticizing me. Wasn't glorify me. They're saying that the only people, only people I was able to ever make devotees were very low class, degraded people. So actually, he said, while you sat there and listened to this speech, you suffered irreparable spiritual damage. He said, <laughs> you know? and that was somebody that Prabhupada thought there was, might be the the, the, the exception. The, the, the exception.
0: Okay, so I'm going to call on Anuttama Prabhu, and he's already seen the question. But here's the question. What can each person in a leadership position, parentheses, guru, GBC, temple president, bhakti-riksha leader, etc., do to avoid guru-groupism in order to strengthen ISKCON? One of his favorite subjects. Mine too.
2: One of the symptoms of the Vaishnavas they're very merciful. So Maharaj leaned over and let me see this verse a few minutes ago in his mercy so I could think about it a little bit. So share some thoughts. It's it's an important thing because it's interesting because we're hearing, Rabbeinu Suprabhu has been pointing out all day long in his presentation through this question that Maharaj just gave him about the Godiamat, went what went wrong? What should our relationship be? And we see there the cause was some separation, some envy, some sectarianism. So it's not just a kind of a theoretical question for us, but it's a historical question as well. How do we ensure we don't make the same mistakes? it's kind of like it's interesting because Rabindu Prabhu was talking about how Prabhupada came and completed the plan that Srila Bhaktis Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur already had well it's almost like we've got to complete the plan of not making the same mistakes that happened after his departure mm-hmm. you know so part of that is, 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 is avoiding um, any kind of sectarianism. I mean, it, we, we have to be careful. We're an internationally diverse movement. And we know by the nature of the bodily concept of life, we tend to separate into groups and we think my group is better than your group. You know, I'm from Jersey, you're from New York. So I'm from the Garden State and you're from the other side of the bridge. Or I'm from the cultured place and you're from the rest of the country. Or something like that. Or I'm a, I'm a man, I'm better. Or I'm a woman, I'm better. I was born in India. I mean, there is once in a while, even in our movement, individuals pop up. There's one kind of floating out there now that kind of starts propagating the idea that if you're really a devotee, you have to be born in India. Or if you're really a devotee, you have to be born as a Brahmin. or So a similar thing can happen and we can start thinking that this sectarianism or groupism comes in. So how, how can we avoid that as leaders and as devotees in general? First thing of course is, is making sure that we keep Prabhupada in the center. You know, probably gives that little story about the father whose different sons were massaging him and one was massaging the leg, another a different leg, another the arm, and they start thinking, you know, my arm is more important than your leg. And they start quarreling about it and next thing they're kind of hitting each other and next they're hitting the other part of the body that they think is less important. So, obviously... uh, you know, an illustrative story of how crazy it can get, and that's actually what can happen. Because sometimes my favoring a particular group or subcategory within ISKCON can easily become not only lift up my group, but what comes along with that usually? I push down the other group. So keeping Prabhupada in the center and remembering always that he's our founder, Charya, that we're brothers and sisters and cousins and cousin-sisters and great-nephews and great-nieces, but it's all connected to Prabhupada. So it's not... It was interesting, just when you mentioned... One of you just mentioned... I think, Maharaj, you mentioned the Gaudiya Amat was Srila Bhaktis Sananta Saraswati's project. It's his mission. and It just hit me like... Keep the distance, be respectful, but I should be even that much more respectful because that's my grand guru's institution that he created. So, how can I, I keep my distance and all that because of the problems? But, how can I not respect that mission? Because that's Bhaktisiddhanta. I mean, his, his picture's there, but he's in all the Gaudiya Mats. So, how can I think he's only here? He's also giving his mercy there. So, first thing, making sure we keep Srila Prabhupada in, 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 the, in the center, particularly we're emphasizing in these days understanding that he is the preeminent siksha guru for all of us. Second thing, in a practical way, to make sure we appreciate in our heart, in our words, in our actions, all the different gurus. You know, sometimes different devotees that are uh, uh, gurus in our movement, you know, there may be some who come and we roll out the red carpet. Another one comes and we maybe we don't roll out the red carpet. But that can become a groupism kind of thing if we're not careful. Um, being very careful to encourage in all of our communities, there's at least disciples of two or three gurus. Some places there's disciples of 20 or 30. To be very careful, as leaders especially, to encourage all of those devotees and encourage them in their devotion and their appreciation for their guru. Every single devotee in our movement who's serving as a Diksha guru in particular we're talking about Diksha guru is performing tremendous service for Prabhupada and very, very, very pleasing service for for Srila Prabhupada. So we maybe have a community and and 90% of the devotees are of one particular guru. That's wonderful to have that association. I remember I met a, a woman in, in in Mayapur this year in one of the seminars I was teaching she was the only disciple of a certain guru in a whole country and she was saying how much she appreciated that the authorities went out of their way. When is your Guru Mahajit Vyasa Puja coming? You know, are you do you get his lectures? And trying to make sure to nurture that relationship. So encouraging all the bodhis and being fair in the way that we do that. Sometimes we hear not very happy stories in certain communities where maybe the temple president's a disciple of Guru A and he kind of favors all of his god brothers or god sisters or doesn't give facilities to others that's that's very unfortunate and, and can be very harmful so make sure that we, we don't do that facilitate like if a, if a disciple it's a, maybe again 90% of the disciples are uh, one guru so certainly we make a big effort to help them have that Vyas Puja celebration but all the disciples make sure we encourage them and facilitate them as Marsha's pointed out very nicely yes Yesterday, one of the important roles of, of, of other senior leaders in the movement is to help enhance the faith and the connection the devotion, the dedication of the disciples to their guru and two more things when we hear people speak in a sectarian way to correct that doesn't need to be done publicly. In most circumstances, it's better to be done privately. But aside, Prabhu, I noticed you seem to favor this guru and those disciples are not being very encouraged or you share all these stories in class about your guru, but why don't you let some, the other, someone else's disciple also give class. They can share their realizations. And last thing I'll just say, a wonderful thing I heard, Garuda Prabhu, who's a disciple of Prabhupada and also a professor of religion. He was speaking at the Smithsonian a few years ago and he was talking about he gave an example of of motherhood and he said if I stand in front of you all today and I say you know I just want to tell you how wonderful my mother is. My mother was a wonderful woman. She cared for me. She took care of me. She nurtured me. She was there when I needed. She set an example. She instructed me. I mean, she was just a wonderful mom. Most of us in the room are going to think, geez, that's nice. Isn't that wonderful? How fortunate, you know, Nutima was or Gruta was with his mom. Wonderful. But if I stand up and say, you know, <clears throat> my mother is the best mother. Out of all the mothers in the world, none of them compare. None of your mothers are as good as my mother because of what she did, and you're really unfortunate that your mother's not as good as we have a whole different relationship going there. So the mood of appreciation and gratitude of my mother or my Diksha guru is essential. We've been talking about that for two days. But we have to be careful, it's in the proper mood, and it's not my guru is so important, your guru must be less. It's my guru and my relationship. My guru is so wonderful. And I also appreciate your relationship and how your guru is inspiring you. And ultimately, we're all working together to please Prophet and the Parampara. Okay. My
0: good wife is going to need the microphone. She's got it on? Okay. So Rukmini is going to respond to the following. She's also seen the question. Yeah. Sing. Did you see the question? Yes. Okay. we sing at least we should be singing that. how can one maintain that singular focus while simultaneously being accommodative of other priorities is the question clear <laughs> If you want clarification, we can ask whoever wrote the question to clarify. Would you like that? I
3: I think I can try to answer. There's an echo.
0: Okay. He's fixing
3: that. That uh, line of the Guru Vast Guru uh, prayer that we sing at the Guru Puja is it's uh, really the essence of the heart of a disciple, and it's a prayer for empowerment. Guru Padma Vakya Chiteti Kariyaika Aikya. It's a it's a prayer from the heart of a disciple requesting and begging for empowerment from the Guru. But it doesn't seem to me. I mean, it seems to me that the question is: Well, if I'm praying to hear the words of my guru through my heart, will will I not hear my baby crying that she's hungry or he's hungry, or will I not hear the uh, my husband say, "Is there any prasad for dinner tonight?" Or will I not hear the RT bell ringing? Or that, I mean, it seems to me that that first prayer, the the prayer for hearing the words of the Guru Maharaj is is very deep and very internal and when we're really hearing those words it will be inclusive and we'll be hearing more and better and we'll be hearing more of everything, we'll be hearing better and more and um, in a deeper way I think of that that prayer, I think of I always think of Lokanath Goswami, who, who was of course Narottam Das Thakur wrote that song um, that we sing at the time of Guru Puja, and he was writing it in prayer to his Guru Maharaj, and his Guru Maharaj Lokanath Goswami was the emblem of all humility. And he asked Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami, please don't put my name in your Chaitanya Charitamrita. You're writing this book, whatever you do, don't put my name in your book. He was so humble. But I always think of how every day in every iskon Temple, his name is being sung. Even though he was so humble, Krishna somehow made sure that he was glorified all over the world. So... Yeah, this is a prayer for empowerment. I mean, what—that's sort of to me, that's sort of the cherry on top of the cake. You know, the kids at the birthday party—they always want the cherry or they always want the flower. So, for a disciple to to be able to to be hearing internally the words and the direction direction of the spiritual master—that's the ultimate, right? But um, it's a prayer for empowerment. I remember a lecture by Srila Prabhupada where he was saying we are hearing so much preach, preach, preach but they do not know one must be empowered to preach. So this is a prayer for empowerment and it means if we're if we are so empowered to hear the instructions of the spiritual master within our hearts we will be hearing more and better of everything. We'll, we'll you know hear the instructions, of our child, we'll hear our husbands better, we'll hear our, you know, situation at work, we'll understand, our intelligence will be sharpened with the sword of knowledge so that we can recognize, there'll be resonance, we'll recognize the voice of our Guru Maharaj and the voices of others, you know, it also, the question also reminds me of, um, I believe it was 1969, Srila Prabhupada's very beloved God-brother, Bhakti Pragyan Keshav Maharaj, had passed away from this world. And Prabhupada got the word of that when he was in Seattle. And he immediately composed a poem. Um, reflecting on a poem that had been written by uh, Raghunath Das Swami, that he, he said it that in that lecture, it's a beautiful lecture if you ever get a chance to hear it. He, he, his poem was Vairagya Vidya Nijabhakti Yogam, something like Kripambudhyaya Tamahang Prabhadhyay. Prabhupada changed the words of. Uh, the poem of Raghunath Das Goswami but he was saying that he Prabhupada was saying that he was hearing the words of his own guru Maharaj through this god brother that this god brother was telling him to take sannyas and and that Prabhupada was, um, was hearing his guru Maharaj speak through this god brother so I believe that if our intelligence is sharpened with a sort of knowledge, which comes from what? It comes from reading and studying and being uh, you know, from hearing from association of sadhus, from wonderful sanghas like this from chanting sincerely sadhu sangha, hearing, chanting serving, all of these things, studying Srila Prabhupada's books very carefully, prayerfully you know, not just zipping through the book Ooh, I fin- you know, sometimes people say, I finished Bhagavad Gita well, you never finish Bhagavad Gita. You know, so to be reading prayerfully, so to sharpen the sword of our intelligence so that maybe maybe our own baby or maybe our own God-brother, God-sister, maybe our temple president, someone will say something and we'll, we'll understand in our hearts that I'm hearing the words of my Guru Maharaj through this person. You know, probably why are you always this or why are you or it's so nice that you're this but to actually be able to recognize with resonance to under- hear, know that I'm hearing the words of my Guru Maharaj through could be speaking through anyone I heard earlier someone use the word karmi and I always just sort of have a, such a kind of have a knee-jerk reaction to that word I remember living here at Gita Nagari when, when Gauravani was a baby and um there was a neighbor here who owned the swimming pool. So I, the point, the, re, the reason I'm mentioning this now is because even we can hear the words of our Guru Maharaj through a so-called karmi, right? Let's just erase that word from our vocabularies. So the story I wanted to tell was: so the children, the boys, in the Gurukula were swimming, and this neighbor next to Nagri was so kind; they were letting the our, our kids swim in their swimming hole. There was a, they had the property, and they were letting all the children. Here, swim there. And so, one of the Gurukula boys, so this, the people who own the property came to swim at the same time our kids were swimming. And one of our kids said, I don't want to swim with karmis. It's just so appalling, you know. The word has no meaning. First of all, I mean, are we talking about vikarmis? What are we talking about? They're not karmis, right? They're anyway. Intrinsically, everyone is in their heart. There's Krishna bhakti ultimately. But anyway. So we could hear the voice of our spiritual master even through a second. What? Where, well, you know. So the people, obviously, the people were insulted. They have no idea what the word even means, right? I don't want to swim with karmis. It's horrible. But the people don't know what karmis means. But it sounds so derogative. It sounds horrible. So anyway, the point I'm making here is that even through your boss at work, even through some so-called non-devotee, through someone at a gas station, you could hear the words of your Guru Maharaj if you're sharpening, if we're all sharpening our intelligence to be able to recognize and have resonance for when those words might come up in our lives. If we're in that prayerful mood to be so empowered to be able to hear like that.
0: I'm going to address one question, which is What if your heart is more moved by your Shiksha Guru than your Diksha Guru? Should you still honor the Diksha Nama first, or should you honor according to your heart? Well, um, two things. It's there's etiquette external, and there's the rule of the heart, and where the rule of the heart goes, it goes. At the same time, uh, the external has its place, or the formality or the etiquette, external etiquette, should be observed regardless. And uh, there's two little messages in relation to Bhakti Thakur that indicate this. Um, one is in uh, in the life of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he did not receive initiation until somewhat later in his life, and he received initiation from Bipin Bihari Goswami, and Bipin Bihari Goswami. Uh, was in disciplic succession and well, qu- qualified or unqualified he was the diksha guru of bhakti minister oh. tatkar was in mention on the succession really yeah didn't know that hmm. okay. <laughs> okay okay well th- there, there's a a section in Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur's biography where you know the feisty nature of or, or confrontational nature of Bhakti Siddhanta is illustrated. One time as a brahmachari, Bhakti Siddhanta went with his father to visit vipin Bihari Goswami, who wanted to see Bhaktivinoda Thakur placed his head at the feet of Dipnidihari Goswami and this irritated Bhakti Siddhanta. Something happened, Bhakti Thakur for some little while left the physical presence, and Bhakti Siddhanta started to chastise him. Something to the effect of saying, you know, you're a, you're a puffed up animal. <laughs> very direct and blunt language you don't have an, a clue of an idea of how exalted this personality is he is worshipful by you and you're so proud you want him to place his head at your feet you're nothing but a big fool and or something to that effect along those lines and then Bhaktivinoda Thakur came back after some time and. Later, Nithin Bihari Goswami was with uh, Bhaktimenu Thakur saying, "Your son is a very outspoken young man." <laughs> um, so, so he he whatever he was and wasn't. Um, <clears throat> there's a, a book. Bhagavat Arkhamarichi Mala, which is one of the final books that Bhaktivinoda Thakur wrote, which is um, Mala. It's a string of subject matters from the Bhagavatam with verses from the Bhagavatam that illustrate and embellish those various subjects. So he composed the book and at the end of the book he added a little whatever you call it addendum or something and said normally one should not disclose such things but I'm going to disclose the following for the appreciation of our reader and Rupa Goswami someone appeared to him a a predecessor acharya appeared to him and instructed him to write the book and to favor him he gave him a detailed explanation of the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam which then is at the beginning of the book, you know, elaboration on that verse. And to this I offer my prostrated obeisances before Bhivan Bihari Goswami for by his mercy this became possible. Now that's not what's on our altar. What's on our altar is Jagannathas Babaji and Bhakti Minotakur, because his heart was with his Shiksha Guru, Jagannathas Babaji Maharaj. But he observed the formality of honoring Bipin Bihari Goswami, who he knew in various ways. Without elaborating, the. Um, diminished qualification he had compared especially to jagannath das babaji but he followed that etiquette because it's etiquette that's what he was doing following etiquette so that that's one example of the rule of the heart is what rules in the heart and there, there's within our disciplic line that's perfectly fine, and even, you know, contemporary situations, there may be persons who especially inspire one, and I I may have received diksha from such and such source, and I, I appropriately should offer respect to that such and such source, and there may be a shikshaguru or more than one shikshaguru who I feel a special affinity for, and that's fine and your heart goes there because that's special affinity. It doesn't mean, you know, neglect or disrespect of Diksha Guru, but special affinity is, is due because that's where one's faith is going. Then these other things that we discussed earlier about maintaining fidelity to other principles of etiquette should be followed. Hare Krishna. So, here's another one. It's a curious one. You, you... Similar in some ways. In an Iskon temple,
1: unnamed, Pujaris, Pujaris, it's in the plural, Pujaris are serving without having a spiritual master. Can this be considered a bona fide Iskon temple? The Pujaris were initiated for over 20 years But rejected spiritual master for five years, is the deity worship valid? Uh, um, This is a question to be asked the temple president and the GBC of the place. (laughs) Really, I, I mean, I don't know the details. Uh, at all about this and a lot of it depends upon the reasons for rejecting so, there are pujaris and Iskans whose spiritual masters have fallen down uh, they haven't uh, seen their way to take uh, uh, when you say Diksha here for pujaris, you're talking about Brahminical initiation what we call second initiation that's technically what Diksha is uh, they haven't. Um, the general recommendation, if something like that happens, a Mantra Grahan, you take the mantra again from somebody, but some people have never done that. And they would simply, in the ceremony where you worship the guru, they would uh, give the uh, worship to Srila Prabhupada, and I assume that's what these people are doing. However, if the person they rejected is actually a, a guru, still in good standing then there's some questions that that need to be dealt with uh, managerially and spiritually but we would need to know what the the circumstances and why this is going on and whether the disciples need counseling the guru needs counseling or everybody needs counseling (laughs) in this particular case I really don't know
0: Well, we have three minutes left. So, um, this is. Here's a question that Anuttama can respond to. Uh, This is something similar to what you've been addressing. You know, this is the comparing gurus. So, is it possible for a disciple to accept. From an absolute calculation, my guru is not as great as another guru, but relatively still see him as the greatest. You know, this guru comparison program, could you address it in, in a general way? Is it is it healthy, wholesome, and wise? No. What is healthy, wholesome, and wise?
2: Healthy, wholesome, and wise is that by the grace of Krishna and Lord chaitanya and Srila Prabhupada and the Parampara, our parampara is continuing by Prophet's potency being carried by so many senior and very wonderful Vaishnavas who are continuing the tradition and accepting disciples and setting an example and teaching and transferring spiritual knowledge, engaging us in Krishna service. And they're all worshipable. And if someone, and, and, and worthy of our respect and our service and our basissees, and I mean, I thought your answer to that previous question was an excellent one. If, if I have a particular Diksha Guru, it, it, it's just completely material calculation to be thinking, is, is my Diksha, well, how's my Diksha Guru compared to your Diksha
0: Guru? How will come up to the Guru barometer. And if they come, how do they measure? Oh, look at that one.
2: Yes. <laughs> Yes, my guru. My guru can eat three times more gulabjams than your guru. Nan, 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 nan. You know, it's it's childish actually, and it, and it's materialistic. And I mean, these are as we've been hearing for three days. These are worshipable personalities because they are humbly offering themselves at the lotus feet of their spiritual master to help carry the message of Lord Krishna and purify our hearts. So who are we to compare? You know, just like we have some examples, great attars in our lineage who had sometimes one disciple. And others had thousands of disciples. Some of them lived under boats. Some of them rode around in, in you know, expensive modern-day limousines. So how can we make material calculations like that? We should w- rid our hearts of that and just try to become a humble servants in a mood of appreciation and respect.
0: I have something from Brihat Bhagavatamrita before the blows. In the first part of Brihat Bhagavatamrita. The the storyline is Narada Muni is searching for the greatest recipient of the mercy of Krishna. I will do we'll do this in our question answer session tomorrow. Oh, Radha